You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Uh, want to talk some TCU football here initially, and then want to have more of a big picture conversation segment too. <sighs> I'm not sure how to talk about this yet, but I think I need to hit on it. There was some speculation earlier this week. Well, it's only Tuesday, but I guess on Sunday into Monday about a player on the TCU basketball team possibly moving on or seeking some more opportunities. That has seemed, those those rumors have seemed to have died down, but I think it sort of fits into a bigger discussion about college sports as a whole, and I'd like to uh, talk about that some to end the show but first we're, we want to talk about uh, TCU football and the theme of the day is the transfer portal and and the reason I'm hitting on the transfer portal is because there was a deadline May 1st players had to have their paperwork sent to the university in order to get in the portal and have eligibility next season the university the compliance department at the university then had two days um, to submit the paperwork, and then the player would officially be in the portal. So today is really the last day that you'll hear publicly about a player entering the portal, and then that person will be able to play next season. So you, you won't see nearly as much movement, you would think, after today because of that restriction. Um, everybody who's moving on, they want to play right away. And obviously, you know, that's that's the goal, and that's really the motivation for a lot of guys to leave schools is to get more playing time um, or maybe in, in some cases get some more name, image, and likeness opportunities. But as of today, as of this morning when I'm recording this, there hasn't been a TCU football player that has entered the portal after spring practice. And Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Telegram pointed this out. I think it's interesting, uh, you know, because I, I've said over and over again, well, after the spring, you're going to see guys move on because maybe they don't uh, like where they are on the depth chart. They don't like the new system, the way this coaching staff is approaching them, whatever the case may be. And Sonny Dykes made a point when he took the job. He said that talent acquisition was a 365-day-a-year job. It was goal number one. It was the biggest indicator of success. And part of that was recruiting the guys that were currently on the roster. And that's been a new development in the past few years in college athletics that I think a lot of coaches probably don't like, and I understand that. I I feel like there's fans that aren't huge um, fans of it either, is this idea that you get a guy on campus, you get him to commit, to sign. And in the past, that was sort of the end of the recruiting process. Once they're there, it's their job to sort of buy in or – know face the consequences and now players have more autonomy players have more power players have more flexibility so there's a certain level of placating to players that's similar to pro sports and um you know there's a number of people that don't like that change but the new staff seems to understand that you know they've made efforts they made efforts even with guys like zach evans who had all seen, you know, all indications were from the jump, he was moving on somewhere um, to try to keep guys happy and try to keep guys home, whatever the case may be. And so 
I think it's a real positive sign that, you know, the team's sticking around and that everybody's on the same page. Now, does it mean you're going to go win 10 games? No, not necessarily. I mean, I remember last offseason, you know, Coach Patterson talked a lot about the chemistry that the, the team had, that they really loved each other, they fought for each other. It was the best chemistry he had seen since that Rose Bowl team. And, well, it didn't translate to wins on the field, and it seemed like as the year went on, that sort of fell apart. And I think a lot of that, unfortunately, was due to the speculation around the coaching staff and if they would continue to be there. Um, But all that being said, it still is encouraging to me that you have a new staff, you have a new system, a lot of reasons as to why somebody would want to move on, test new, you know, theories, test the waters, whatever phrase you want to use. And listen, there were some major players that moved on. O'Shawn Mathis is now at Nebraska. Kyrie Coleman is now at Old Miss. Zach Evans is now at Old Miss. Um, Kean Stewart briefly flirted with the portal but ended up back. But once the off-season program started and they really got going, um, they've been able to keep everyone intact. And I think that says something about the new energy and, and just the vibe around the program. Um, and listen, it's it's obviously a distinct change. Like you, you see some of the short mic'd up segments. You see the media availability. Um, I think there's some more freedom for the players. Whether that's good or bad, we don't really know. I mean, I think it's just a personality thing. Um, but I'm sure that in some ways it's sort of refreshing for these guys um, to, you know, express themselves a little more, have a little more um, interest in what's going on. At the end of the day, all that's going to be decided and whether that's good or bad is going to be determined by what their record is, right? Like if if they go 4-8, and eight, then I'm sure we'll hear a lot of folks moan and groan about how Sonny's just not tough enough on the players. Um, and if they turn things around and win, then we'll, we'll hear all these great stories about how, you know, this, this new atmosphere allowed them to thrive. That's just the nature of the beast. But I do think there's something to the fact that they're able to keep everybody around and that, you know, at least as we get closer to the fall, um, there's a good energy, a good, uh, direction that this place is going and people are buying into it. And that in on its own, I, I feel like it's a good sign for TCU football. When we come back, we're going to talk college football, college sports as a whole, and, how it relates to the frogs. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, Locked on Horn Frogs segment two. Uh, we're going to talk TCU and college athletics as a whole here. So um, I guess it was over the weekend, news started to come out that Jordan Addison, who was a Blitnikoff uh, winner last year at Pitt and is a really good receiver, that he was entering the transfer portal. And shortly after that, it basically came out that it was essentially a done deal between him and USC. Um, Lincoln Riley was going after uh, the talented wide receiver and that, you know, they had, they had worked some things out. So 
USC's been accused of tampering. Um, there's already reports that he's getting up to $3 million to go to Southern Cal. And now, like, all of a sudden, there's some backtracking of, well, actually, Alabama and Texas are still involved as well, which honestly, to me, just sounds like... Um, it it just sounds like USC trying to save face. Like somebody at USC leaked out, oh, I, you know, we're not totally sure this is a done deal. There's other schools that are still involved trying to give off the perception that they weren't tampering and that they weren't doing this um, in a shady way. Uh, from a TC perspective, it's funny considering, you know, the, the dust up between Gary Patterson and Lincoln Riley last year over Chandler Morris and his eligibility and that silliness. Because, you know, apparently Lincoln had a problem with how TCU went about recruiting him. Um, but, you know, USC is not the first school to tamper. They're not the last. However, it's become a huge sort of flashpoint in the college football discussion because this is what a lot of people who were either against name, image, and likeness or just had concerns about the process, this was the warning that they were giving about sort of a doomsday scenario where the big time schools were just going to continue to hoard talent and profit with the resources they have that group of five schools and smaller power five schools would essentially just become farm systems for bigger programs. Um, you know, they get, they get a talented kid or they get a kid that maybe was, under-recruited, develop him, he turns into a star, and then he immediately just goes somewhere else to the highest bidder. Uh, And, I mean, is that a real issue? Yeah, I think so. I feel like saying it's a... saying it as a blanket statement, saying it's a huge issue across the landscape is a little bit of hyperbole, but, I mean, this is a good example of what those folks were talking about. Um, there's no real rules here. And that's the NCAA's fault. Like, for years, everyone sort of said, either silently to themselves or out loud, hey, these kids should start benefiting off these, at least, you know, these revenue sports and um, all the money that they're bringing in. And the NCAA, for a long time, had this hard stance, and no, you're student-athletes, they're not employees, um, It's not feasible. This is not like we're not actually operating with a surplus. All the all the reasons as to why it wouldn't work. Well, I mean, I think we've seen with the advent of NIL that people have plenty of money and they're willing to dish it out to athletes. Now, how does this relate to CCU? So on Sunday night, Eddie Lampkin tweeted out something that was pretty cryptic. I didn't think much of it, but I guess some fans with a combination of the tweet and then some reporting, some rumors around it, took it and ran with it. I think the tweet was, this is going to hurt. And people interpreted that as he was ready to move on. He was ready to enter the transfer portal. And there's been speculation over the past few days that Eddie was getting ready to enter the portal because he wanted to see what he could, you know, make, what he could do on the open market with name, image, and likeness. 
Um, there's been, I haven't really heard schools named, but there's been accusations of tampering that schools have been in his ear saying, hey, come on. And so this has caused a pretty big stir. Now, it's funny because, like, Eddie is super important to the team and the program. And I don't know if anybody, I mean, even even Mike Miles, who's a great player and I think is going to have an NBA future, I don't think he benefited as much as Eddie did from the tournament run. Even though it was kind of brief, it was just that one weekend. But he has a great personality. He's shown a huge passion for TCU. Great story. Lost a lot of weight. Committed to doing that. Now is on the court. And the numbers don't really talk about the impact that he has because he gave them quality minutes all year long. And I just think the energy and the effort he brings to the floor um, set the tone for that, for that group. But people have been sort of groaning and moaning about, well, this is why college sports is going to go down the drain. Because for, the, for a long time, I, I think people that preferred college sports to pro sports thought that there was some sort of integrity or sanctity to the game because there wasn't money involved. Even though we knew there was, it was just kind of going on through back channels. There weren't holdouts. You know, coaches were still in control. And now it's changing. And I agree with you that it's changing. I don't think it's a bad thing. And I would say that there's a lot going on right now. There's limited regulation. And because of that, people are still figuring this thing out. So you're going to have to be patient with these young men and women as they try to navigate this. Because I know me at 20 years old, if I had an opportunity to go make more money somewhere, loyalty would not be high on my list. I would love to say that it would be. But I'm going to be honest with myself. I think my selfishness would sort of take over. Now, the bottom line is, as of now, Eddie's still here. Speculation has died down. Seems like he's going to stay. And I think he represents TCU very, very well. And I'm happy to have him. But these sort of things are going to happen again. And you just have to be prepared for it as a fan. Because everybody's sort of wading through these waters for the first time together. So, you know, adapt or die, right? Like, that's, that's what the schools have to do. That's what the universities have to do. I think as fans, we have to kind of change our mentality about some of these issues as well. That'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs today. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day.